When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. This is Joe. Hi, hello. Today is one of everyone's favorite types of episodes, the books we are looking forward to next month. So that means it is April book picks, or as my notes say, April books to watch out for. Today it is me and one of my fabulous co-hosts, Emma. Jill is not with us today. Hi, Joe. Hi. Are you ready to talk April books? I am ready to talk April books, and I feel like we should warn the listeners that we are in silly, goofy (laughs) moods today. Yes, we are in silly, goofy moods. My dog is chewing a bone under the table. We're having a variety of, we're having problems today. We're having a variety of issues today, and I keep drinking more coffee in the hopes Mm -hmm. that that will help, but it's actually just making me anxious. (laughs) nothing says my anxiety is up like time to drink more coffee exactly I think it's the weather to be honest with you it's like Mm -hmm. gloomy and cloudy and but also somehow bright yes and it I just want to drink my coffee and cuddle up with a book and Mm -hmm. relax It's the perfect day for that. But yes, full disclosure, we're both in silly, goofy moods. We also both have tomorrow off. Yes. I I think we're also just like, ooh, little gremlins ready to hide away for the weekend. Yes. Uh, Extremely ready. Good good luck, listeners. Uh, Strap in for this one. Uh, And if, Emma, you don't mind, I'm going to kick us off. Yes, please. I'd love to hear your first pick. So my first pick is coming out April 19th. It's Housebreaking by Colleen Hubbard. Home is certainly not where Dell's heart is after a local scandal led to her parents' divorce and the rest of her family to turn their backs on them. Dell left her small town and completely cut off contact. Now with both of her parents gone, a chance has arrived for Dell to retaliate. Her uncle wants the one thing Dell inherited, the family home, but instead of handing the place over, uh, since she has no other resources at her disposal, Dell decides she will tear the place apart herself piece by piece. She'll soon discover that the task stirs up more than just old memories as relatives, each in their own state of unraveling, come knocking at her door. So this is kind of a strange magical book it's a story not only about feeling and being powerless and hurt um, as only family can do uh, but also about those moments where brokenness can offer us the rare chance to start again that sounds fantastic right the cover is super fun it's a couch like broken in half and it just it really sets the tone of uh, you know Getting revenge, but also getting a fresh chance at life. 
I really like the sound of that. Thank you for that pick. I'm Absolutely. already, these episodes, I just add so many books to my list. <laughs> I mean, that might be the point. We're just trying to <laughs> tempt people into new books. Exactly. But that- uh, so my first pick is not related at all, but that's how we like it. My first pick is The Younger Wife by Sally Hepworth. This book is out April 5th. Uh, If you don't follow Sally Hepworth on social media, what are you doing with your life? You need to. She's one of the most delightful people that I follow. And I was actually first introduced to her and her works from an event that my local library put on. I think it was last year or the year before over Zoom. And shout out to Cuyahoga County Public Library System. They are bringing Sally back our way in a few weeks. So I am excited to see her in person. All of that said, her newest book, The Younger Wife, follows adult sisters Tully and Rachel. Their mother is rapidly deteriorating with her early onset Alzheimer's diagnosis, and the girls get the shock of a lifetime when their father, Stephen, says that he plans to divorce their mother, Pam, and marry Heather, an interior designer. Adding more salt to the wound, Heather is younger than both Tully and Rachel. In a classic Hepworth fashion, there are secrets and twists in this fast-paced thriller, especially when Pam keeps hinting that life with their father wasn't always dreamy. So there are a lot of layers here. All of the women seem to have secrets um, from Pam to you know the younger wife, Heather. Um, you have the two daughters, Tully and Rachel, who are trying to uncover you know things that their mother is saying, all with her Alzheimer's, slowly deteriorating her memories. And then uh, their father, Stephen, who just seems to be uh, doing whatever he wants. So this um, is right up my street and it might be up yours too. So um, check out The Younger Wife by Sally Hepworth. This is out April 5th. Now you said unrelated, but that was a family (laughs) drama. (laughs) That is true. The family drama element is definitely there. And we love, we love a fam, like a familial uh, drama escapade. Absolutely. Well, sounds super exciting. Can't wait to see what kind of secrets they're hiding. Probably a lot. (laughs) Probably a lot. (laughs) So my next title is a juvenile uh, nonfiction title coming out April 19th. And this is Pride, an inspirational history of the LGBTQ plus movement by Stella Caldwell. So take pride in who you are. This inspiring history of the LGBTQ plus community enlightens young readers on the true timeline of LGBTQ plus history around the world, the lives of important figures like Harvey Milk and iconic events like Stonewall. So the queer community is so much more than rainbow flags and the month of June. In this beautifully designed dynamic book, young readers will learn about groundbreaking events, including historic pushes for equality, the legalization of same-sex marriages across the world. They'll also get to dive into the phenomenal history of queer icons from ancient times to the present, read about Harvey Milk, Marsha P. Johnson, Audre Lorde, and more. So this includes several personal current essays from inspiring young queer people. um, And this book encourages readers to take pride in their identity and the identities of those around them. So it's, it's not just about learning about queer history. It's also about taking pride in it and celebrating it. So I was super excited to see this book come across my radar. Um, 
because it is geared toward a younger audience. So this is told in a lens of, of historical accuracy and acceptance and honesty. And it's just a really beautiful way to teach kids um, just across the board. You know, if this is a research, if this becomes a resource for families with queer children, if this is a resource for families who want to raise helpful allies, um, uh, and honestly, if you are an adult with questions, sometimes I find uh, for myself that kids resources can be the best way to get your foot in the door. There's no assumptions that you have a baseline or know anything to go off of. You just get to uh, learn foundational history and go from there. I love that. And I will say this cover is mm-hmm. so fun and appealing. And I do like that these types of books are a really great way for people to learn um, at any level. And I I love that suggestion. Like even if you're a parent or an adult and you just want, you know, something that's approachable, um, this is like a good resource to do that with. Definitely. So that is Pride by Stella Caldwell coming out April 19th. Yay. And with that, I was going to see if I have any books coming out April 19th. Ooh, I do. So I'll skip to that one. My next pick is Drop Dead Gorgeous by Rachel Gibson. So this is a really unique premise for me. This follows small town Texan female, Brittany Lynn. She switches bodies like Freaky Friday style with a rich bratty socialite named Edie. You might be like, wait, what? (laughs) Okay, so we'll go back a step. Brittany Lynn's life changes forever when she's driving one night and crashes her mom's borrowed minivan. Brittany ends up in heaven's waiting room, or as they call it here, the limbo lounge, where patients await their eternal fate. When a portal opens up to take Brittany to see the pearly gates, Edie, who's the bully of the limbo lounge, jumps in ahead of her and takes her place. Um, Brittany has no choice but to return to earth as Edie, where she's swapped out of El Paso, Texas for Gross Point, Michigan. She's got a big house, a closet full of expensive shoes, and none of Edie's memories, plus a bunch of new relationships to figure out. The book hops between Edie and Brittany um, and sounds so fun. It sounds like there's a lot of development here that might happen between these two completely different women. Um, And you see sort of the perspective of Brittany in Edie's body, figuring things out, navigating if she wants to return to her old life, even in somebody else's shoes. Um, And then it also hops uh, to Edie's perspective. Does she make it to the pearly gates? Um, And is there more to her than meets the eye? So this sounds just like a really fun uh, rom-com-y style, you know, Freaky Friday story. Um, This is Drop Dead Gorgeous by Rachel Gibson, and this is out April 19th. That sounds like so much fun. I cannot wait to read that. (laughs) It sounds like a really good time, but it, but also one that's funny, but there, there's Mm -hmm. definitely going to be depth there. I feel like, especially with Edie being, you know, rich, bratty socialite, Brittany is like a down to earth Texan, you know, there's got to be more to the story. I cannot wait to see how that plays out. And it just sounds like so much fun. 
It does. What is your next pick, Joe? So I have another April 19th. It looks like quite a few of mine are coming out that day. So a great day for books. Uh, This is The Great Stewardess Rebellion by Nell McShane Wolfhart. Once again, April 19th. So this kind of looks at how women launched a workplace revolution at 30,000 feet. Uh, It was the golden age of travel and everyone wanted in. As flying boomed in the 1960s, women from across the U.S. applied for jobs as stewardesses. They were drawn to the promise of glamorous, jet-setting, the chance to see the world, and an alternative to traditional occupations like homemaking, nursing, and teaching. But as the number of stews grew, so did their suspicion that the job was not as picture-perfect as the ads would have them believe. Sky Girls had to adhere to strict weight limits at all times, gain a few extra pounds, and they'd be suspended from work. They couldn't marry or have children. Their makeup, hair, and teeth had to be just so. Girdles were mandatory while stewardesses were on the clock. And most important, they had to resign once they hit 32. So eventually, I know. (laughs) I'm just, my mouth is open. What? Yep. Yeah, aside from the fact that their weight was regulated down to being suspended if they gained a few too many pounds, uh, they couldn't get married, they couldn't have kids, uh, and their teeth also had to be, like, hair and makeup, sure, that doesn't surprise me as much as their teeth, and then, oh yeah, girdles were mandatory on the clock, and you're, you hit your, you hit past your prime at 32. I mean, yeah, that'd be me, retired. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. So eventually the stewardesses began to push back and it's thanks to their trailblazing efforts in part that working women have gotten closer to workplace equality today. Uh, Nell McShane Wolfhart crafts a rousing narrative of female empowerment, the paradigm shifting 60s and 70s, the labor movement, and the just overall group of gutsy women who fought for their rights and won. So Super exciting nonfiction title. That is The Great Stewardess Rebellion uh, by Nell McShane Wolfhart coming out April 19th. That is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. I And I actually really enjoy this. Is, I don't know if this is niche, um, but like stewardess TikTok. Yes. Because a lot of those, <laughs> not those specific regulations are in place, but there are still a lot of regulations around you know, the appearance. So having like the uniform on or like the heels or the lipstick. And I think that that's just really fascinating as a career and, and just how far it has come because that's, that's bonkers that it was that regulated. Right. That it was that regulated, but also, I mean, while so many things have changed, Mm -hmm. it was, I mean, I get to travel a lot for overdrive, but Mm -hmm. I, I was once on a plane with a husband, wife, and child group of st- of air. Oh my god, flight attendants. That's the word. Flight I'm attendants. For. I'm, I'm like, looking what, for the word. <laughs> like, what's the modern word now? I was. Uh, I had a family of flight attendants on the flight I was on. Um, so, like, there's definitely dynamic shifts, uh, but as far as like women's uniforms, I think Delta only recently added pants to the collection and they're still mostly in like a kitten heel at all times. So things Mm -hmm. have changed, but to what degree? Right. There's also a lot that has remained the same there. So that's exactly fascinating to me. Emma, how about you? What are you reading next? Uh, So I can go with my one nonfiction pick. Uh, which you guys know is not my normal, but 
I'm so excited for this book. My next pick is The Palace Papers, Inside the House of Windsor, The Truth and Turmoil by Tina Brown. This is out April 26th. So I'm a longtime British royal family fanatic. Um, I will devour anything about them. I have lots of opinions on them. Um, But Tina Brown is the famed magazine editor of The New Yorker and Newsweek and several other publications. She's back with the Palace Papers. So this book will pick up where her 2007 book, The Diana Chronicles, left off. So covering Diana's tragic death, all things Charles and Camilla, uh, the separate paths that Harry and William seem to be taking, the entrance of Kate Middleton onto the scene, Meghan Markle, um, you know, the fall of Prince Andrew, Prince Philip's passing, and the Sussexes exit from royal life. So that's a lot to cover um, since her last book left off um, with Diana. So the description of this book says, and I quote, The palace papers will irrevocably change how the world perceives and understands the royal family. So I'm just going to leave you with that. Yeah, I mean. uh, This is going to be a big year for royal family books Mm -hmm. between this one by Tina Brown and Harry's tell all memoir that we're expecting later this year. Watch out. Um, So. If there are any other fans or voracious readers of all things related to the House of Windsor, check out the Palace Papers. Uh, Again, that's out April 26th, and that is by Tina Brown. I love the royal family. I am also equally obsessed. And speaking of sides of TikTok where you're on, are you also getting royals content via TikTok? Yes. I mean, the, the Cambridges on their current tour right now, I'm getting a lot of Kate Middleton fashion. I mean, nothing wrong with that. I'll always eat that up. The, (laughs) the, the side I'm on specifically is there's this one person and they review different classic pieces of like crown or Royal jewelry, um, where it originally came from, where else it's popping up. Like a lot of the Queen's older pieces, how often she wears them today, or like, oh, this was the queen's fifth tiara, but now she regularly wears this one. So. (laughs) Um, No, but I'm going to need you to send me those. Yeah, I will. I will be linking that over later. Oh my gosh. I just noticed I have a queen Elizabeth calendar in my office (laughs) as I off to the corner. So yes, we're a slight fan. So I cannot wait to devour this and see uh, what exactly is in this book that will change the way the world sees them. Uh, there have been a lot of things recently that I think have have changed public perspective, and I can only imagine what might be in this book. Absolutely. Well, more British tea to spill later then. Yes. <laughs> Coming soon, an episode. I'm like, save that idea for later. <laughs> and making a note. <laughs> So my next title is a YA title. This is Year on Fire by Julie Buxbaum, and it's coming out April 12th. What secrets will people keep or reveal to protect those they love? This novel, Year on Fire, is set against the frightening backdrop of an encroaching fire season, where sparks reflection about friendship, the allure of romantic love, and loyalty to family. 
Can a single kiss change everything? It was a year on fire. They fell in love. Someone was bound to get burned. So the spark happens just days before the start of junior year for twins Arch and Immy and their best friend, Paige. A spontaneous kiss shakes the very foundation of their friendship. Some loyalties run too deep to be broken by accidental betrayal, but... Uh, what is going to fuel that spark? So this is where we enter Rohan, new to Wood Valley High by way of London, hmm, tying in the royals there, who walks into school on the first day, completely overwhelmed by his sudden move halfway around the world. When Paige calls dibs on him, he's too cute to ignore. Immy is in no position to argue, certainly not after taking the fall for the disloyal kiss. Too bad for Immy that Roe feels the best kind of familiar. So former lab partners, Arch, who we've already met, and Jackson, who is Paige's ex-boyfriend, have never considered themselves more than friends, but sometimes feelings can grow like wildfire. And then here come the flames. When the girls' bathroom at Wood Valley is set ablaze, no one doubts it's arson. But in this bastion of privilege, who'd be angry enough to want to burn down the school? Answer, pretty much everyone. So Year on Fire explores the blinding power of the lies we tell others and those we tell ourselves, the tight grip on family secrets, the magic of first love, and the groundbreaking beauty of friendship. I can't wait for this one. Yeah, it's got all sorts of love. We've got, uh, we've got secret discovery queer love. We've got transfer students. We've got uh, friendship rivalries and a mysterious arson to cap it off. That's, that's what got me. <laughs> it sounds so good. And I must bring it up. The cover of this is so appealing. Yes. This cover is very current. It definitely has that feeling of like something you or I would make for a social media post. <laughs> yeah. The font, there's like flames snaking mm. up the cover. There's a heart. It, this is everything I want in a YA book. Without a doubt. And uh, I didn't actually select any YA picks this month, I don't think. Whoa. Um, which is bold. I feel like I usually have at least one. Very bold. <laughs> um, oh, I wait. I, t- I take that back. I do have a YA pick. Okay. I believe in uh, you. <laughs> which I honestly, this is why my notes need to be in a more sensical order. Mm-hmm. Um, I have just a bunch of stuff. So my next pick, we'll go with my YA pick, is Hotel Magnifique by Emily Taylor. This book is out April 5th. Um, and for listeners, look for her author interview with me out. Uh, that'll be out April 4th. So you should hear this first. Um, but this book follows Johnny as I learned the pronunciation of the main character's name. Um, This follows Johnny and she is sort of scraping by at her job. She works day and night to support her and her younger sister. And they're kind of just living like their normal tedious life until Hotel Magnifique comes to town. Um, The hotel is legendary because it has whimsical enchantments and the ability to move to a different location every night. Um, So every night at midnight, the hotel moves and they appear at a new destination. 
Um, and so it's exorbitantly expensive to stay at Hotel Magnifique and you can really only even stay if you get invited. Now, invitations are hard to come by and obviously Johnny is not wealthy enough to afford them by other means. Um, so there is one way that she tries to get into Hotel Magnifique and that is by joining the hotel staff. Um, so her and her sister interview to join the staff and they're able to uh, join and they're sort of whisked away on this adventure. But once they're inside the hotel, all of that magic and glamour is maybe not what it seems. And there's dangerous and dark secrets uh, loitering under the surface. Um, there's also a very, very handsome and very charming doorman named Belle who is her ally within the hotel. Um, and this is so good. There's romance, there's fantasy, there's magic, uh, there's Belle Epoque references, there's French, um, there's sister relationships. I don't really know what else you need from like a YA fantasy, but this is it. I, I have a copy. I can see it from here sitting. I got an early copy. The cover, I, I mean, what else do you and I talk about, but what covers look like? Uh, it's stunning. It's um, so alluring. It has like peacock feathers and there's like a gorgeous key on the cover. Mm -hmm. The font is enticing. It's like, I mean, I imagine the hardcover, it, it has to be metallic, like gold. Absolutely. I'm also imagining some raised embossed portions, like the key stands out. Yes. I'm looking forward um, to it. But this is really like, think, you know, Night Circus or Caravelle. Mm -hmm. This is really just like a fun escape, you know, like you're going to stay at the hotel. So this was a really quick and fun YA read. Um, I think this will be a really nice pick um, for readers that are looking for something that's just fun and new. So that was Hotel Magnifique by Emily Taylor, and that is out April 5th. Can't wait. It also gave me some Howl's Moving Castle vibes, which is one of my favorites, just on the, the less fantasy magic, a little more uh, lighthearted romance storyline. So lots of chef's kiss. Ready for it. <laughs> Yes. And what is your next pick, Joe? So my next pick is True Biz by Sarah Novick, and that comes out April 5th. So uh, we'll start with just a little definition here. So True Biz is an adjective. It's an exclamation in American Sign Language, and it basically means really, seriously, definitely real talk. Like those are the kind of descriptors. So true biz, the students at River Valley School for the Deaf just want to hook up, pass their history finals, and have politicians, doctors, and their parents stop telling them what to do with their bodies. This kind of, this is like a really revelatory novel. It plunges readers into the halls of a residential school for the deaf, where they'll meet Charlie, a rebellious transfer student who's never met another deaf person before, Austin, the school's golden boy, whose world is rocked when his baby sister is born hearing, and February, the headmistress who is fighting to keep her school open and her marriage intact, but might not be able to do both. As a series of crises, both personal and political, threaten to unravel each of them, Charlie, Austin, and February find their lives inextricable from one another and changed forever. 
This is a story of sign language and lip reading, disability and civil rights, isolation and injustice, first love and loss, and above all, great persistence, daring, and joy. Um, It is absorbing and assured, it's idiosyncratic and relatable, and it's truly an unforgettable journey into the deaf community and a universal celebration of human connection. And that is True Biz by Sarah Novick, coming out April 5th. That sounds so good. Right. Just, uh, I'm always the one shouting representation matters, and that is in so many different forms. So I think this perspective is is really great to have. See, and what I like about your picks as well every month is that I think you do a really wonderful job of picking a wide range of titles, (laughs) and I do not. So... (laughs) Well, thank you for that. (laughs) I I think that that's important though. And definitely something I need to be more conscious of, um, you know, looking at my picks that they're making sure that there's a little bit more diversity there of the, you know, types of books we're excited about. I just try to challenge myself a little bit every month. And, uh, you know, if I find one great that I, I think I said it at the beginning of when you and I started with Jill. I don't necessarily know my my niche or my sweet spot. I have quite a few things I I fall for or pick up regularly. Yeah. But being able to just kind of explore something different every month and like these episodes specifically really help mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, I agree. And I definitely lean towards picking, you know, my own personal preference and what I want to read. Which yeah. nothing wrong with that. Not at all. <laughs> um, but it do- like I love these episodes. They definitely make me think about what I look at for books that are coming out, you know, each month. Definitely. So challenge to myself to have more diversity in my picks for May. Hey, there you go. Challenge accepted. Because my next pick is not one that will surprise anybody. <laughs> uh, it's The No Show by Beth O'Leary. Um, Beth O'Leary is a big fan favorite, romance favorite. She's a big overdrive staff favorite. Um, her next book, The No Show, is out April 12th. This book follows Siobhan, Miranda, and Jane, who have seemingly nothing in common. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Siobhan. It's the Irish where it yes. has like weird consonants mm-hmm. uh, in the middle. <laughs> But Siobhan is a life coach. Miranda is a tree surgeon and Jane is a volunteer at a local charity shop. Uh, So those are all very unique and diverse careers, Um, but they do have one thing in common, their date on Valentine's day, Joseph, he stands up all three women. Uh, And so questions arise, where was he on Valentine's day? Is he dating all three women? Are they falling in love with a man that's not being honest? Who will end up victorious here? And will everyone have their hearts broken? Uh, find out in the No Show by Beth O'Leary out April 12th. Super fun. I mean, I my dream is that it ends with the three of them coming together like Kill Bill style. <laughs> but I mean, never probably know. not. We never know. You especially know? with like a rom a rom-com style. You never know how it's going to end, especially when the possibilities are seemingly endless. Mm-hmm. So that just sounds like a fun, a fun romp. Uh, and Beth O'Leary is a go-to, I know, um, for a lot of romance readers because her books are consistently 
compelling and well done and fun. So um, I'm really looking forward to that one out in a couple of weeks. Well, that sounds like a great escape. Um, my next title, uh, not at all related. We're, we're going to take a, a sharp left turn here. This is Blood to Poison by Mary Watson coming out April 14th. So 17-year-old Savannah is cursed. It's a sinister family heirloom passed down through the bloodline for hundreds of years with one woman in every generation destined to die young. The family call them Hella's girls, named for their ancestor Hella, the enslaved woman with whom it all began. Hella's girls are always angry, especially in the months before they die. The anger is bursting from Savannah at the men who catcall her on the street, at her mother's disingenuous fiance, even at her own loving family. Each fit of rage is bringing her closer to the edge, and now Savannah has to act to save herself or die trying, because the key to survival lies in the underbelly of Cape Town, where the sinister Vale witches are waiting for just such a girl. I'm sorry. <laughs> this sounds so good, and uh-huh. I'm the most annoying human, but this cover, cover is stunning. Mm-hmm. It's it is like this beautiful portrait. Um, her skin tone is beautiful. The makeup in the art is beautiful. But then to have that etched fox over top and the color blocking in the background, uh, I even love like the the kind of catch. I don't actually I don't actually know what it's called when they're like, here's the compelling little <laughs> sentence. The pull quote. Well, not even the quote, but. It, it is a great quote from Louise O'Neill, a gripping, oh, immersive yeah. story, but just where it says fury will turn her. Like just I, it sums up line. everything. It's yeah. That, so thank good. you. <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> it's so good. Immediately add to yeah. TBR. Super excited about this one. Interested to see where this fantasy kind of goes or, or what level we get to, but that is blood to poison by Mary Watson out April 14th. Oh, it sounds so good. My next pick um, is totally unrelated to that. (laughs) It is Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. Um, This book is out April 5th. It's an extremely buzzy debut. Um, So this book follows Elizabeth, who is a scientist in 1960s California. She's on an all-male team at Hastings Research Institute. And um, enter Calvin Evans a lonely, intense, Nobel Prize-nominated scientist who falls in love with her. Fast forward uh, several years later, and Elizabeth's life looks totally different. She somehow become the star of a beloved TV cooking show called Supper at Six, um, where she has like a very unique, unique approach to cooking, using her chemistry knowledge and chemistry terms, where obviously cooking is very much a science. Um, and so her following continues to grow as she um, does this cooking show and her unique approach, um, just about what a woman should be and should do. Um, so again, this is a really buzzy debut out April 5th, and that was lessons in chemistry by Bonnie Garmus, which I think is a really cool premise. That is a really cool premise. I love when you said, um, that he falls in love with her. I feel so often in the main tropes of romance, it's the woman falling for the man. And I love that it seems almost like the burden of love is on the male protagonist as opposed to the female. And that she is going from 
this like I went I was so afraid that you were going to say fast forward five years and she's a mom and she not that there's anything wrong with that that she's a mom and she left her career in science behind you know I was expecting oh it's the 60s this is going to be this is going to take a turn um but I love the turn it took so sounds really exciting there's a lot here. And I'm, I'm glad mm-hmm. you said that because I'm pretty sure the description lists that she's a single mother by the time she does her cooking show. So oh. there's a lot to unpack here in the way that her um, character, I think, challenges the stereotypes and the, the expectations of women in the 60s. So a really interesting uh, premise for sure. And a really, um, I think, exciting debut novel. Definitely something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Well, my next title, I think this is my second to last title, also comes out April 5th. So uh, we lucked out on that one. (laughs) This is Portrait of a Thief by Grace DeLee. I guess I should say that Grace D. Lee because it's D period L-I. But uh, Grace DeLee was more fun to say. So Grace D. Lee, Portrait of a Thief. History is told by the conquerors. Across the Western world, museums display the spoils of war, of conquest, of colonialism. Priceless pieces of art looted from other countries kept even now. Will Chen plans to steal them back. Will is a senior at Harvard. He fits in comfortably with his carefully curated roles. He's a perfect student, an art history major, sometimes an artist the eldest son who's always been his parents' American dream. But when a mysterious Chinese benefactor reaches out with an impossible and illegal job offer, Will finds himself something else as well. The leader of a heist to steal back five pieces of, or five priceless pieces of Chinese artwork, these sculptures looted from Beijing centuries ago. His crew is every heist archetype one can imagine, or at least the closest that will can get um the first one is our con artist irene chen a public policy major at duke who can talk her way out of anything then we've got daniel liang our thief a pre-med student with steady hands just as capable of lock picking as suturing our getaway driver is lily Wu, an engineering major who races cars in her free time And then last, we have Alex Huang, our hacker, who's an MIT dropout turned Silicon Valley software engineer. Each member of his crew has their own complicated relationship with China and the identity they've cultivated as Chinese Americans. But when Will asks, none of them can turn him down because if they succeed, they earn $50 million and the chance to make history. But if they fail, it will mean not just the loss of everything they've dreamed for themselves, but yet another thwarted attempt to take back what colonialism has stolen. Equal parts beautiful, thoughtful, and thrilling, this book is a cultural heist, an examination of Chinese-American identity, as well as a necessary critique of the lingering effects of colonialism. So that is Portrait of a Thief by Grace D. Lee, out April 5th. For all of you Oceans lovers this one might be for you. That sounds so good. Sort of related, okay. not really, but my <laughs> next pick um, is Fevered Star by Rebecca Roanhorse. This is the sequel to um, her 2020, the stop, that's where my sentence stops, to her 2020 um, book, Black Sun, uh, which was a finalist for Hugo, Nebula, Lambda, and Locus Awards. 
And I know from several of our overdrive colleagues that this, um, her first book, black sun got five stars on Goodreads from them. Um, every single one of them that read it gave it five stars. So, um, the much anticipated sequel is finally here. A fevered star is out April 19th. And this book picks up exactly, um, where the first book left off. There was an explosive ending again, no spoilers. Um, and this book is definitely picking up the pieces and seeing what comes next for these characters. So, um, this is a huge, going to be a huge fantasy series. Um, this is book two of that between earth and sky series. And I can't wait. It looks so, so so good. And I know we have several overdrive colleagues who are extremely excited to see the second installment, um, to move this series along. So that is, um, again, fevered star, and that is out April 19th. Really looking forward to that one myself. It looks like a lot of fun and eagerly awaiting to see how this series takes shape. All right, Emma, my last title is Search by Michelle Huneven. So Dana Patowski is a restaurant critic and a food writer and a longtime member of a progressive Unitarian Universalist congregation in Southern California. Just as she's finishing the book tour for her latest bestseller, Dana is asked to join the church search committee for a new minister. Under pressure to find her next book idea, she agrees and resolves to secretly pen a memoir with recipes about the experience. That memoir, Search, follows the travails of the committee and their candidates and becomes its own media sensation. Dana had good material to work with. The committee is a wide-ranging mix of Unitarian Universalist congregates, and their candidates range from a baker and a microbrewmaster slash pastor to a reverend who identifies as both a witch and an environmental warrior. Ultimately, the committee faces a stark choice between two very different paths forward for the congregation. Although she may have been ambivalent about joining the committee, Dana finds that she cares deeply about the fate of this institution, and she will fight the entire committee, if necessary, to win the day for her side. Um, a little thing about my past, one of my first jobs out of school, I was an office manager slash um, administrator of like development at a church. It was a wild career choice to get into marketing, but it gave me some unique experiences. And I remember when, you know, cause you know, do it, do, do what you want, like live in your own world, find what fits best for you to not harm others and just live your best life. Uh, but I remember when they were searching for, new staff members and new ministers, uh, what that was like just in the real world. And reading this just kind of tickled me in a way that was like, I want to see what kind of wild and just like torrid journey she's about to take us on. It also is supposed to have like really beautiful food descriptions, uh, which I'm excited to read through and a lot of just kind of like tasty morsels. Yum. <laughs> like, that sounds so good and makes me hungry mm -hmm. it's almost lunchtime <laughs> i'm like speaking of food mm -hmm. my last pick um for april doesn't need much hype or you know babble for me about um but it is the candy house by jennifer egan 
So this is out April 5th. Uh, this book I've seen it's on every single list of most anticipated for 2022 releases. Um, this is her sort of sibling novel or companion novel to um, a visit from the goon squad, which we could talk about on its own for, for hours. Um, but the candy house, I mean, it's starred review from publishers weekly starred review from library journal, starred review from Kirkus starred review from Bugless. Like this book is getting, um, a lot of praise already and it's not even out yet. Um, so I'm just going to read the Kirkus review snippet because I feel like it perfectly sums up what this book is, um, in a short and concise sentence that I am not capable of at the moment. But um, Kirkus says that this is a thrilling, endlessly stimulating work that demands to be read and reread. Um, this premise sounds really interesting as well. Just a little snippet about what this book is um, covers, if you're curious. So this book follows the super brilliant, um, I don't know if I'm gonna say this right. It's Bix, B-I-X, the main character. Um, I don't know if you pronounce that like Frenchy or like normal, um, but <laughs> we'll call them Bix. Um, they own a company called Mandala and it's like so successful. He's like one of those tech giants um, who you all just like know um, by their first name. Uh, somebody comes to mind there. Um, but Bix is now 40. He has four kids sort of restless and ready for a new idea and he stumbles into a conversation group, mostly Columbia professors, one of whom is experimenting with downloading or externalizing memory. Um, the book is set in 2010. And then within a decade, um, Bix's new technology, Own Your Unconscious, quote unquote, um, that allows you to access every memory you've ever had and share every memory in exchange for access to the memories of others. Um, so this idea and this technology has seduced millions of people, um, but not everyone. So there are interlocking narratives here and Jennifer Egan sort of, you know, explores the consequences of own your unconsciousness through the lives of multiple characters whose paths intersect over the decades um, with which this book takes place. So it's wild and fascinating, and I'm really excited for this book to come out. What a really cool concept, like, mm -hmm. you know, elements of like eternal sunshine where you're just like getting rid of your memories, but this is kind of the opposite of that. Upload your memories and share them. Oof. Yeah. Where like science and technology and all of these things are like colliding. It's really bizarre to think about there being technology where you could download your memories and like exchange them. Yeah. <laughs> but it also doesn't seem impossible. No matter how you look at it, it seems scary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So definitely, I it definitely sounds like this book will give everybody something to think about where sort of technology and science and your personal life and all of that combine. Definitely. Well, Emma, thank you for sharing this time with me today to talk about the books you're looking forward to in April. Thank you, Joe. As always, it was a pleasure to talk about what books we're excited for for next month. Definitely. And for our listeners, remember, you can find us on social media. We're on 
TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at ProBookNerds. You can visit our website, professionalbooknerds.com. Or if you want to email Emma, Jill, and I about what books you're looking forward to in April, you can send those to professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. If any of these books sound super cool to you and you are eagerly awaiting them, please post on social media and tag us at ProBookNerds. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and then, of course, remember, I'm, I'm going to start saying this now at the ends. Uh, if you're not already and you use Apple Podcasts, please make sure to subscribe. If you could also rate and review, let us know what you think of the show. We would love to hear from you. Spotify also has um, the ability to subscribe. And I believe now you can also rate and review there. We would love to hear from from you. Um, so I think that covers everything we say at some point in the episode. I think so. <laughs> so thank you all so much for joining us today and happy reading. Thank you. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an evergreen podcast signature program. To learn about other evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly, and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily.